and welcome to all of our lovely listeners today. This is Amy and Rosie from Hashtag Backstage Confessions HQ. Today, we will be giving you our top tips on getting organised for the return to -to face-to-face classes. This will hopefully inspire you guys, our listeners, to create your very own. A bit later on in our podcast, we will also be introducing our first ever guest. And we are so, so excited to welcome her to the Hashtag Backstage Confessions HQ family. But before we get started, Amy, how has your week been? What have you been up to? Yeah, it's been a good week. I've been really productive so far. I've been trying to get planning and organising ready for our return after half term. I feel like I've been glued to some sort of device for majority of the day most days just because I've been researching and putting folders together and files together ready for our return. Um, What else have I done? I've started a new warm-up routine. I've really wanted to focus on adding strength and conditioning, so I've done loads of research to try and put the correct exercises into our warm-ups and our different sections of the class, especially in my cheer classes, because I feel like that needs to be a bit more drilled into each format of each class. And then I've cleared out my dance bag. There's loads of rubbish in there. <laughs> kind of abandoned it since Christmas. <laughs> so, yeah, I've just been getting really organised, which has actually been such a nice change of pace for me. And I feel like I'm getting myself gearing up ready. How's your week been? What have you been up to? Oh, what haven't I been up to this week? <laughs> um, so <laughs> as I always say, preparation is the key to success. So it's a really good thing that you're getting yourself prepared for your face-to-face classes and not leaving everything until the last minute. Unfortunately, I'm not quite there yet. I've got one more week of (laughs) online classes to go and then I break up from dance for three weeks for the Easter break. So my plan is to prep my bag, prep my lesson plans and prep my new choreography all in the first week of half term so I can relax and so I can chill for the two remaining weeks of half term. Nice good plan (laughs) I think I also mentioned last week but I've also got some really good ideas for my preschool class so I'm going to spend some time revamping my lesson plan for that class and as you know I also teach an adult dance fit club size class as well I've just introduced a new routine to my participants um I did that at the beginning of March actually so I'm not in any rush to introduce a new one but I feel like it would be wise to take advantage of mm. this three-week-long half-term. Yeah. Because once I'm back face-to-face teaching and back in the office for my day job, I'm going to be so busy that I won't have time to, yeah, kind of revamp all these routines. So I'm going to try and take as much kind of advantage as I can of this time off. Nice. So are you back in the office straight after half-term? Not straight after half-term. They haven't given us an exact date, but I feel like it's they're going to be announcing kind of a -hmm. way to get back into the office soon. So I just want to try and be as prepared as possible because once I go back into the office, yeah, it's just going to be hectic. It's just going to be so hectic, (laughs) but I am looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the social interacting, uh, social interaction. And and I'm also looking forward to the banter with my colleagues (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of why I'm looking forward to going back to dance as well. You know, the banter with the kids and, you know, that back and forth, you know, back and forth with them. So really looking forward to that. What else have I been up to? I've I've been doing my home workouts. I've done four of those. I I try and do four a week and I go on walks on my lunch break as well or after work with, with a friend. And I've started watching a new TV show, Desperate Housewives, oh, and I'm completely obsessed with it. <gasps> Do you watch it? It's my favourite oh! ever. <laughs> yeah. Obsessed. Oh my god, I love Desperate Housewives. I think I've oh, watched amazing. the whole series, like, oh gosh, thousands of times over. It's my go-to. <laughs> are you? Have you finished, or oh are you my god. still watching? I'm. 
I've just started season two with my partner and we are so into it. Every spare moment that we have together, we are just watching <laughs> Desperate Housewives. And <laughs> I know, which sounds, it sounds ridiculous, but I'm just so into it. It's just so scandalous and completely over the top, which is what I love yeah. in a TV show. Yeah. And it it kind of gives me like Pretty Little Liars vibes. Yeah. Have you seen Pretty Little Liars? I watched the first season, but... I, don't, I couldn't get into it. I don't know why. I just got annoyed with the characters. I think I watched too much in such a short period of time that I was like, nah, this isn't for me. I still don't, I still don't know who A is, but you know. Oh, you'll be disappointed, honestly. It's, it is oh. a disappointment. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it, it sort of gives me that kind of... Because it's a bit like a mystery. It's like a mystery, isn't it? Desperate Housewives. There's yeah. a few yeah. murders and things like scandalous things that happen um well when you finished watching desperate housewives you have to watch devious maids it's by the same writers so it's very similar Mm. i think there's only three or four seasons of devious maids but yeah it's good oh i love it i'll definitely have to try that thank you (laughs) thank you for the recommendation i think it's on (laughs) disney plus at the moment do you know what i think i've seen it actually because obviously i'm watching desperate housewives on disney plus and i think i've okay, seen a yeah. little advert for it so yeah i'll definitely have to give that a give that a watch afterwards yeah. thank you no problem <laughs> so shall we move on to being organized so yes. this week we are giving you our 10 tips to being organized for going back to classes just to help you get a step in just to feel a bit more comfortable with going back to face to face because we're going to be different our lives are going to be different our timetable is going to be different so these will hopefully help you get ready so number one is to prepare your dance bag ready with everything updated I know this sounds really obvious and Mm -hmm. most people will just do this naturally but sometimes the week goes by and you're like wow I've not done anything I've still got packets of crisps and old tissues in my bag so make sure so accurate yeah that's me all over so I mean what I do is I literally pour the whole thing out and put it all back in Mm -hmm. of what I want all new workbooks I've got all new folders so I'm gonna put those all together and put them all back in including our survival kit which we are going to mention in next week's episode so look out for that what do you do rosie do you do you plan your bag or do you um just wing it i absolutely plan what goes in my bag i'm the queen of planning and organization i'm also the queen of research and yeah. queen of a lot of things <laughs> um but no i do i do I, I don't know what i'm saying no i do i do prepare my bag i like I said earlier, my plan is to prepare everything in the first week of half term, yeah. just so I know that it's ready. I don't need to worry about it the weekend before I go back to dance. It's ready. And what I'll do is I'll usually tip everything out onto the floor. I'll actually clean the bag out. So I'll give it a bit of a wipe because, you know, there could be, you know, food in there, bits of chewing gum, <laughs> you know, gross stuff like that. <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, I'll give it a proper good clean out. And like you, Amy, I'll buy some new notebooks. I'll make sure I have my pens and pencils in there, spare hairbands, things that, like you said, we'll mention in our survival kit for next episode. That leads on to number two, which is restock your first aid kit and replenish your ice packs. There's a really good deal on Amazon at the moment for ice packs. If anyone wants to check that out, we'll put it in the show notes for you. I mean, I've got, I don't know what you've got, Rosie, but I've got like a plastic box that I was actually given. So everything goes in there. But I know some people will just literally have bits in their bag. I find having it all in one so you can grab it if anything happens it's really accessible i'm exactly the same as you amy i have a first aid little box it's, it's nothing massive it doesn't take up a lot of room but like you i find that if there was an emergency god forbid then you'd want to find your first aid kit and the products in it really really easily and the best way for you to do that is by storing them all together yeah in a little box yeah as same same with ice packs really i will store them I'll try and store them in my bag with the first aid kit because they yeah. kind of they go they go together, don't they? 
So our third top tip is to ensure that all of your devices are charged and the chargers for those devices are in your bag. So that's anything from an iPad to a phone, your portable speaker, an iPod, a laptop. It is so important that you take your chargers with you in your bag because if you don't have your charger and your device runs out of battery you're screwed (laughs) really (laughs) aren't you Uh, yeah yeah. what are you gonna do especially like I I know that this is a bit different for you Amy but for me I use my I only use my phone for Mm. my music I don't have an iPad I don't bring my laptop with me that's something that I need to invest in though so I just use my phone and I always always take my charger with me yeah yeah I'm exactly the same I do exactly the same thing because so many times I've left my dance bag in the car and then I'm like oh I don't have my charger in my home and then vice versa I've left it at home because I've charged it at home and then I don't have it when I'm out and about and sometimes you can be teaching all day and it does just drain your battery so yeah good tip Rosie leads on to number four have your first week of lesson plans ready and a general breakdown for the rest of the term so this is what I try to do at the start of each half term I'll have my first week planned to a T so I know exactly what I'm doing but I don't plan my whole term because things change you might be asked to change the genre you're teaching you might have a different class size than you're expecting so I will have the first week planned and then the rest of the term I'll have a general breakdown of what I want to achieve with them by what week if I've got parents coming in one week I know that might not be the same now um if I've got any special events to plan for it's just really helpful to have that and it's a general reminder of what needs to be done each week as well I'm exactly the same as you Amy I plan for my first well actually no I'm not I'm (laughs) different I'm different (laughs) to you I actually do I actually do the opposite I plan for the whole term however things change every term everything changes you know for example I will plan to do three exercises like break down three exercises in one lesson like really really break it down and for example if we only get to break down two that means that I have to change all of my lesson plans so actually what you're doing is best (laughs) don't plan for the whole term because things do change but when when I'm kind of when I'm planning and things like that I can't help but think that far ahead because I just want to get all the planning done if you get what I mean um yeah but I've started keeping my lesson plans on my phone as well so because they're digital I can just edit them instead of printing out pages and pages in yeah in my notebook so digital lesson plans plan for the first week I think and don't be afraid to change your lesson plans you know they're not set in stone are they absolutely I think it might be different for you to me as well because you teach syllabus rather I teach Mm -hmm. just my own stuff so I think Mm -hmm. you have a structure anyway that you kind of want to teach and put across each term rather than I'm more looking at events and seeing how the children progress and mainly my classes are for fun we do do exam prep but they're only twice a year so those other terms I can be really flexible in what what I'm teaching which kind of leads on to <laughs> have your choreography done yes <laughs> which is number five mm. oh gosh I'm so bad at planning choreography <laughs> I'm not a natural choreographer <laughs> what is what is your choreographic process do you have to listen to a piece of music first is that what kind of sparks the choreography or does the choreography uh, is the choreography before the music if that makes sense definitely the music first I will generally because you Mm. know how hard it is to find clean music at the moment and to be interesting for when I'm when I'm teaching primary age anyway yeah um Mm -hmm. I will source the music because I know what I can and can't use then and then I will think right what goes with the chorus what goes with this verse and that's where my motivation will come what about you mine's a little bit of both I would say that actually probably nine times out of ten the music inspires my choreography yeah. But sometimes, for example, if I'm walking around my living room 
or getting up to get the remote or doing something really <laughs> random like being in the kitchen I will start dancing and then I'll kind of do a little bit of a phrase and I'll be like oh my gosh that's amazing I need to note that down and then I'll try and see which music fits to that or I'll make it fit to some sort of music so wow, best of both be worlds like really <laughs> I don't know how you do that because I will only do that like you say in a random moment if there's some sort of music playing somewhere I can't just go, oh, I'm going to do this and then do that. I just, Mm -hmm. no. I'm not a natural choreographer. (laughs) I remember we were in uni and we had to do, do you remember our one minute solo? Oh my God, yes. Yes, I do. That thing was the worst thing I've ever done, hands down. I remember performing that and I think, what did I just do? It was awful. This has actually given me a really good confession for next podcast episode. You just reminded me of one. Oh, one. so cringy again. It's a university one this time. And it's Rosie about goes, yeah, choreography. I haven't got any confessions. I'm not, I'm not funny. I haven't done anything. And now like, every time we speak, she's like, oh, I've got a confession. <laughs> oh dear well yeah we'll save that for for next week for sure but i'll I'll have a little think and i'll I'll write it out for everyone (laughs) oh dear okay number six pre-make all your return promos so your insta posts um any facebook posts if you have a website anything that you're handing out i don't know if we're allowed to hand out at the moment but if you're handing out physical copies of um promos then have those all ready or even have them ready before half term so you can distribute 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 i can't i can't say it now you know what we mean um personally i use canva i love canva i've only got the free version i'm so tempted to get the pro version because there's so much more you can do on it and you can schedule all your posts and stuff but i've got the free version i know what i'm doing i just copy make copies of each thing and then edit them how i need to and i just find it's really it's a simple easy um Mm -hmm. what's the word program because you can use it on your phone ipad it's also got a desktop version so you're not confined to just an app because sometimes I feel like a bigger screen is needed when you're doing your promos do you have to do any sort of promotional work for for your teaching no I don't have to do any promotional work at, at all actually um it's yeah I'm not in charge of the social media but since kind of starting the podcast with you Amy I've realized how much of a big job social media actually is the last few weeks I think we've both been living and breathing social Mm -hmm. media I actually had a dream about it the other (laughs) night as well that's that's not that's not a lie (laughs) that's not a lie so it is hard because you want to keep everything on brand don't you you want to make sure that you know everything matches up to what you want to say Mm -hmm. everything like that which kind of leads on to number seven, which is filling your weekly planner. And that's exactly what I was just saying, really. Just having something visual, whether you have that digital or in paper form, just to know what you're doing each week and what needs to be done and what needs to be done next week so you can prep for it. So, yeah. Do you have a weekly planner? I do. I have a year, like a year, yearly diary. Does that make sense? A diary with a year in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, most diaries have a, a year. In. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that couldn't have come out like worse. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. I, everyone will know what I mean. Um, and I use that for my dancing, for podcast, and for my normal life and for my day job as well so I use it for everything I have multiple to-do lists I love writing to-do lists I've got reminders on my phone so yeah I I I have to have something visual in front of me because I just don't know what I'm doing (laughs) if I don't have it so yeah weekly weekly planner is is essential otherwise we end up watching Desperate Housewives all week instead (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) did you want to tell us number eight sure so number eight is remind your remind remind redo (laughs) 
So number eight, remember your hand sanitizer and cleaning products. This is very, very important for anyone that is teaching or working in a studio. I usually bring my own cleaning products and these are just from Lidl. They don't break the bank. They're super cheap. I usually buy Dettol wipes, antibacterial spray. I also have a disposable mop to clean the floor with because obviously we're dancing on the floor. And yeah, I mean, have I missed anything, Amy? Do you have any other cleaning products that you use when you're teaching? Um, no. Did you mention? Yeah, you did. Antibac spray. Um, there's actually a new one out that I saw, and I'm pretty sure you can get it in B and M. And where, mm. where was I the other day? Tesco, I think. Oh gosh, what's the brand? I feel like it begins with an M, but it's meant to. Um obviously anti-back but then keep it clean mm-hmm. for another 24 hours in advance oh i'm gonna might have that. to check that out actually that yeah. sounds good i think it is a bit more expensive than your usual one pound mm. bottle or whatever i think it might be two or three pound um but i will find out the brand and pop them in the show notes for you guys because i think yeah that's gonna help and I, I probably will start using that because then at least i know at least for my lesson, wherever I have sprayed should stay clean. So if a child then touches that area, it will then mm. hopefully get rid of any traces during that session, even if we're re re backing re-cleaning. Yeah, you'll definitely have to find out the name of that product and, yeah, share it on here because I'm, I think quite a lot of people would, yeah, would be interested to know the name of that product. I definitely am. I'm pretty sure it's Mrs. Hinch that notified me of this. <laughs> oh, we love Mrs. Hinch, don't I we? I love Mrs. Hinch. <laughs> She's my idol. I love her. Well, <laughs> but anyway, we'll, we'll carry on with my obsession with Mrs. Hinch another day. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us on to our ninth top tip. And this is to always come to class with an open mind and always prepare to be adaptable if that makes sense <laughs> absolutely i yeah so so i think adaptability is key as a dance teacher you actually went on to mention this previously amy so i always find that when i'm creating choreography especially for children you need to be able to adapt your choreography on the spot if something isn't working when I'm writing my choreography, I'll always come up with a few different options for certain movements. Mm-hmm. So if I need to pull out a simpler version, I can. And I mean, this doesn't really necessarily apply so much to the pupils that I teach. I teach yeah. a street dance, which obviously I make up the choreography for. And I teach a preschool class. But most of my pupils are grouped together by age. However, with adult classes, you have to make sure that you are prepared to teach people with mixed abilities, unless on your class advertisement, you say from this age to this age. Yeah. And yeah. And this kind of just reminds me of the first ever teaching job that I did where I taught, I think I taught one class per week and it was from ages ranging from 18 to 50 all mixed ability (laughs) i know (laughs) i know i know i know um and speaking from personal experience this can be tricky and this can be overwhelming when you've got loads of loads of people mixed ability and you need to be able to think on your feet you need to be able to think on your feet and you need to prepare simpler versions of the steps before your class and this is a great way of making sure that your class is inclusive of mixed ability individuals and that leads us on to our last top tip so number 10 in our list and that is appearance I would always advise to look your best when you come to class and actually this is relevant for students and teachers I always find that if I spend time on my appearance and time looking my vet, uh, my vest, <laughs> time looking my best, time. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I always find that if I spend time on my appearance and time looking my best and making sure like my uniform is ironed and is neat, 
I will feel better about myself and I will have a really good class because I'll be more confident. Do you find this as well? I do. Um, I'm not very good at taking that advice because <laughs> sometimes if I've got an 8am class and I'm rolling out of bed at yeah. 6, 7 in the morning, sometimes I literally roll out of bed, I chuck on whatever's black closest to me because I generally wear black when I teach as it's universal in all the different schools mm. and then I just tie my hair up I don't even put makeup on sometimes but I do find that those mornings I'm doing that I am less motivated I don't feel prepared and ready to get on with the with the day and the classes so I will take your top tip Rosie and I will try <laughs> and make sure I look my best that doesn't mean though that you know we have to go with a full face of makeup I think that no. just means you know taking the time to make yourself feel better however that might be it might just be scrunching your hair up into a ponytail it might just be prepping your uniform the night before it doesn't mean we have to go in with like theater makeup and all presentable everyone's different aren't they everyone teaches different everyone has their own personal favorites of how they want to present themselves In the next segment of our podcast, we will be discussing mental health and addiction. If you feel like this may be a trigger for you, please fast forward to the end of the podcast. And we're back. Rosie, would you like to introduce our first podcast guest? Yes, I would, Amy. So our very first podcast guest today is none other than the amazing Gina Barnard. Gina owns GJ Dance Academy and GJ Cabaret, based in Hampshire, where she offers classes in dance, musical theatre and acrobatic arts. Gina is also the organiser of Loved Ones Lost, a charity showcase raising money for ACTS, which is an adolescent community treatment service, a fantastic community team providing support for young people. Thank you so much for joining us today, Gina. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for that introduction. Yeah, GJ is a bit of a tricky one. The reason I chose that is because it's my name, (laughs) Gina Joyce. So yeah, so everything that I own is everything's GJ. So I've got GJ Dance Academy, (laughs) I've got GJ Cabarets, and then I've also got some uh, other things, but I'm trying to keep everything consistent so people know who I am. But yeah, I'm good. How how are you? Yeah, best way. Yeah, we're good. Really good. Really excited to talk to you. Excited. Yeah, no, thank you for having me on. I feel honoured to be your first guest. Yeah, it's really exciting. We can't wait to hear all about it. And obviously it's timed well for your project we'll talk about later. So, Gina, we know you've trained in classical ballet, tap, modern and jazz dance from a young age. Can you tell our listeners a bit about your background and your relationship with dance? Yeah, of course. I mean, I started off like a lot of little girls. I started with ballet at the age of two and it was just a hobby. Um, and then I ended up doing more and more shows. And my parents were like, you want to do tap now? You want to do jazz? <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I think I'm one of those few people that have been really lucky to turn a hobby into a career. Yeah. Um, sometimes you can think oh gosh is that a good idea because it can take away Mm. that love for it but I think as you ladies know I think if you do love something enough you can turn it into a career and then you're just one of the lucky ones absolutely yeah Yeah, it does feel like that you've struck gold when you can do something you love every day it definitely makes your working week so much easier Mm -hmm. yeah no it's great (laughs) and so Gina you made your professional performance debut as a senior dancer in the Paul pantomime which I believe was Peter Pan I've done a little bit of research yeah. on you <laughs> and it was you... yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you also perform in cabaret troops and modeling catwalk shows as well so what is your well what is the best performance that you've ever been involved in can you talk a little bit about that if you have one in mind at all Yeah, do you know what? It was really hard. Um, I think because of what's going on at the moment, the thing that I'm missing the most are the big shows when lots of different schools come together. Um, We did quite a good one with the dance school that I trained with, and that was um, up in London. And I think even though it wasn't necessarily the best performance that I personally did, I enjoyed it as a whole because it was like dance schools from all over. It was a Mardi Gras show, and it was at the the theatre where... um, I'm trying to think of the name of the theatre now. It was that Her Majesty's Theatre. Yeah, so it was like incredible. So it had all the props for Phantom of the Opera hanging around. So I think that was the best, yeah, best performance overall. But I think the one that I feel I performed the best was when I've done 
obviously my own dance contracts and I've not been kind of at a dance school. Mm, sure. I've been as a professional performer. But yeah, too many to name. I wouldn't be able to choose. <laughs> Brilliant. What made you decide to have that career in dance? Was it just the love, like you said earlier, or was it doing these performances that made you really want to try a career? Um, I think it was the love. Um, and I think it is a bit of a misconceived thing that if you go to sort of high school or grammar school or whatever and people go oh well maybe you should go down the arts route because you're not doing so well in maybe the academics completely yeah. completely disagree because um mm. I, I was fine I know I got all A's at GCSE um you know and I did did fine I enjoyed school and I was told mm-hmm. you know oh do you really want to do dance as a career uh, which is kind yeah. of, I mean, we're talking a long time ago now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think that the love for dance definitely carried me through. And I was quite stubborn. I was like, no, I, I don't want to do that. I, want, I know I want to teach predominantly. Um, yeah. And then I ended up going into the performance just because when I got my confidence, I thought, yeah, to, to be a better teacher, it would be good to have as much performing experience as possible. But no, it was the love. Yeah, I was lucky. Again, like I said earlier, lucky to turn a passion into a career for sure absolutely I find sometimes when you've done the experience yourself you can teach really Mm -hmm. what's the word you can teach better because you can give your personal Mm -hmm. advice in that area so it's really great that you've got all that experience behind you I bet you can give some great knowledge to working in the industry as a performer not just as a teacher Definitely, I think it makes a huge difference, doesn't it? Because I mean, a lot of the stuff when I first started teaching, because I hadn't gone away and done, you know, whatever uh, professional jobs, I kind of was just repeating what I was told. Oh, well, I hear that, you know, when you go to auditions, but yeah, absolutely. As soon as I was going to those auditions, I was like, okay, yeah, this has happened, this has happened. And it is, I'm sure you ladies know, it is cutthroat, but it is really worth it. And I think it's even, I think people are so desperate to audition at the moment, aren't they? I think people will do anything. I think yeah. when shows are back, I think people will queue for like eight hours to get to an audition. <laughs> Definitely, that's something I don't miss. But <laughs> you do it all again, I think, to just make sure you get that performance opportunity. But So you became a teacher first and then mm. decided to change to performing and then back to teaching? Yeah, basically. Um, I think I always wanted to teach. Uh, I enjoyed that sort of side and I think to be honest my confidence for being a performer myself didn't come until I was older Um, and I think that's something that I try and when I'm teaching the children that are sort of like oh I'd like to have a career in dance but they're they're like uh, the way I was very shy and I sort of think you know you need to have that personality to match your talent because otherwise you're not gonna get noticed Um, yeah and I think I did did put myself down quite a lot because I love teaching and I was really happy that I got all of that under my belt because I knew I'd come back to it but I also thought oh no I'm I'm not gonna be good enough to be a performer yeah and it wasn't until I was in my sort of early 20s mid 20s that I thought I might as well try audition and fail audition and fail and then finally you get something Amazing. but yeah but I've come back to teaching every time <laughs> what was your first performance after you decided to change um oh I think when I went to Warner, Warner Holidays, so that was a great, I mean, I would recommend that to anyone in the sort of performance industry. It's such a great job because you learn so much other than just the performances, you know, you learn how to talk to people, you learn how to host activities, you have to use the microphone to host all the evenings, which again, (laughs) at the start I hated, but I'm forever grateful that I did it. Um, I would be so red. (laughs) Uh, it, yeah, it is something that you're like, oh god. But then you get used to it. Yeah, you really do. But I was there for three years, and then I came back to teaching, and then went off and did some contracts abroad and stuff. So yeah, it's been a varied career so far. It's been good. Fantastic, and that's very inspiring as well, Gina. I I think because quite a lot of people go down the route of performer and then teacher. I don't think I've actually ever met someone that has been a teacher and then Mm -hmm. transitioned into performing so that's that's very very interesting and and just keeping Mm -hmm. on the topic of of your dance career obviously you opened your own entertainment company in 2012 gj entertainment and your company has performed bespoke shows Mm -hmm. to the themes of 
showgirl, ballet, tap. I know that you do Irish dancing as well. And you've also done a Michael Jackson tribute, just to name a few. Yeah. And as we're fingers crossed going well coming out of the uk lockdown do you have any plans for gj entertainment when you're when you return to face-to-face teaching in april are you offering any new classes any new themes yeah i mean i'm sure you ladies understand it more than anyone but constantly having to adapt and sort of create new ideas so i think i've got hundreds of things that i'm thinking of up my sleeve (laughs) and i think it's a bit like you with creating your backstage confessions i think it's amazing but actually having time, I know it sounds back to front, but having a bit more time to sort of analyse where I want to take the business has actually not been a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I want to, so at the moment it's GJ Dance Academy, which is my dance school in Ringwood. Um, I freelance teach at loads of different schools, but that's my own little baby. Um, so I want to build those classes so I have more classes on a Saturday um, and try and expand, obviously get more and more pupils involved. Um, and then with GJ Cabarets, I mean, we've been going, the three of us, we started, yeah, so it'll be almost 10, t- next year it'll be 10 years, which is crazy. Wow. Um, and I want to involve more dancers, basically. But we're, we're all in our mid-30s, so, we're, you know, we've all got different careers. Um, I'm lucky enough to still be in the, the dance industry because I'm a teacher. But my other ladies, Hannah and Emma, they're, you know, they've got very professional careers as well as the dance side. Um, so, yeah, I did do a few auditions about three years ago so I've got a pool of dancers but of course if I can get more shows and I can involve more performers then that'd be amazing so yeah the whole GJ dance um sorry GJ entertainment is going to hopefully be like the umbrella so it encompass everything but yeah I've got a lot of people that I'd love to get involved as you it just comes down to when shows are available and what the budget will be I guess Mm -hmm. but yeah lots of things (laughs) yeah Yeah, always constantly creating I think maybe one positive thing that may have come out of this lockdown I don't know if you guys would agree with me but is it's just the fact that actually you do have a little bit more time to take a step back and reflect on you know your classes your business your company and it will give you more time to actually redo things and make things better and you know usually when we're teaching classes, you know, Gina, you're running your own business. You may not have as much time mm-hmm. to actually, you know, think about things that you can improve. So I think that's yeah. probably the one good thing that's come out of mm-hmm. of lockdown. <laughs> yeah, the one good thing, yeah. No, yeah, I, t- I totally agree. I totally agree because I think it, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's been a reflection time, hasn't it? And I think when you're so busy doing day-to-day life and just trying to make ends meet I mean we're still obviously trying to make ends meet but I don't know I think zoom has obviously been a platform like today and with teaching we're so lucky to at least have had some way of teaching um and I probably will carry on because I'm a ballet bums instructor um yeah and that's something I only got the qualification in a couple of months ago because I thought what can I do that I can do online and earn a bit of extra money and actually it's proved so popular online of course I will do it in real life but there's people that I teach up north and wow. abroad <laughs> so I will I will carry it on so yeah it's a bit of both isn't it yeah the technology has been a savior really through this we wouldn't have been able to do half the stuff that we've been no. able to put out to people students new students Absolutely. like you say people from far away just broadening that that variety of people yeah so it's really great that we've had it as much as it can mm. be a pain and go wrong sometimes we, we <laughs> yeah. have been quite lucky in that respect yeah, no, absolutely. So you're a host of your annual fundraiser, which you mm-hmm. began in 2019. The fundraiser mm-hmm. is called Loved Ones Lost. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and what your motivations were for starting? Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, Loved Ones Lost, I kind of was trying to create a theme that would, obviously it says what it is. People have lost you know, loved ones. And sadly, yeah, my own dad passed away a couple of years ago. Um, he had complex um, issues with alcohol addiction and also mental health Um, and I think at the moment I mean it's obviously things are constantly improving um, in those services but my biggest aim was to try and um, fundraise to help bridge the gap between both mental health departments and alcohol and addiction departments because I'm not saying that that there was a miscommunication but there is definitely that gap where people maybe haven't got the funding to communicate between the departments. So my dad, bless him, he was 
going from one to the other and wasn't quite getting the help that he needed. So I mean, I've been working closely with the ACTS team, like Rosie mentioned. And um, so, yeah, so that's the alcohol care and treatment service, which is at, based at Pool Hospital. And um, yeah, Grey and White has been, been wonderful. So we've got kind of like a, we're on the same wavelength where we're trying to create a dual diagnosis um, service. Um, yeah, so we've done really well. I mean, obviously it's not gonna be quite the same uh, online this year as it would have been the two previous years which have been um, one night only performances but yeah the idea was singing dancing bringing lots of my performer friends together um, and then obviously all the money raised from the ticket sales we donated majority to the axe team and we also donated to the samaritans as well but yeah we've raised over five and a half thousand so far wow. um yeah so really wow. really happy yeah. and then amazing. i amazing obviously i think you'll probably say we're, we're moving on to the online version this year <laughs> <laughs> which is a work in progress yeah but no so we've done well so far but we just want to keep it going um but yeah the loved ones lost thing also i, I liked the name because it also means people that are lost yeah, they might not have passed away as such, but they're lost in the services, they're lost in the mental health, you know, they're lost within themselves. Um, yeah, hence the name. That's really great that you had that that um, experience to help you help others. Mm. And it's, it's great that the arts can be involved in that. And I'm sure it's a fantastic yeah. evening, even if it's going to be online this year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, every, everyone that's sort of been to the, the, the past couple of years have said they, they loved it. Obviously, I'm going to be a fan of it. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I was able to perform in it as well. I think I took on a bit bit too much. I was trying to organise backstage and be in the show. And I was like, hello. And I had all my, um, I had my dance students in it as well. So, yeah, I never do things by half. <laughs> but no, it was, it was good. And then, um, yeah, so this year, it was really hard. Part of me was like, well, there's no point sort of saying that I'm going to raise money each year. And then obviously the chaos of COVID has stopped so much, hasn't it? So I mm -hmm. thought, well, what can we do? And like we said earlier, online seems to be the platform for everything. Um, yeah, so I've got my wonderful friend, Lindsay Bonnick, who knows all of the editing and all of the, the clever technical stuff. Um, but yeah, we've got, I, I basically messaged every single performer friend that I've ever met in all of my career. Mm -hmm. um, and I've got people from Italy involved, Austria, Norway, um, obviously a load of friends from the UK as well yeah we've got f I think 52 people involved um, so they've sent me all videos of them performing at you know in their gardens in their bedrooms um, yeah and we're just trying to edit it down now at the moment it's like a three, three hour show <laughs> um, but we're just trying to edit it down and then the idea will people can donate whatever they feel they can and then they'll get sent um, a, a link to it's like be like a private YouTube channel basically that people can then watch the show but yeah we're aiming for the 27th of March so which isn't long so yeah literally a week today um, and all of my details of how to find the PayPal account to donate to is all over my social media so on my GJ Cabaret's Facebook page Instagram yeah on my personal page so amazing um, and we'll share those also so you guys mm -hmm. can thank you can get in touch and watch I can't wait I'll definitely be yeah there. it should be good oh yeah thank absolutely. you yeah thanks amy <laughs> yeah fingers crossed it will raise quite a bit um it'll be something different absolutely i'm sure it will what do you think are the most important traits a dancer or dance teacher should have oh gosh i think like we said earlier passion i think if you've got the initial passion i think then you're more likely to pass that on to your audience or your you know students um i think being open-minded yeah. I think again there's so many different paths that dance can take you and I think uh, if I like for example I was never really a gymnast that wasn't something that was around in my day <laughs> oh, <laughs> sound old. Um, it was always like you kind of did your ballet or your tap or you yeah. did gymnastics and I think if, there were some people that did both but they didn't they kind of conflicted didn't they um, yeah so I wouldn't have gone down the acrobatic arts um, teaching but I was open-minded and the teacher that I stepping out Academy which is an amazing school they um, you know the teacher there said well do it you might as well give it a go and actually I, I really love teaching acro and it's been something that if I'm honest has been really popular so I think if I hadn't have been open-minded I would never have done that um, the other thing I'm an ISTD teacher uh, but just because of me going on contracts and coming back and trying to find teaching work I wasn't afraid to 
do DDA, uh, no, IDTA and BTDA. There's so many different dance boards, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. And I, I didn't know, obviously, any of the syllabuses, but I was like, yeah. I'll learn it and it's been great and I think as a teacher again if you can kind of be open to learning all the different types of syllabuses that are out there or syllabi sorry um then that makes you a more rounded teacher um yeah so I think definitely passion adaptability again because you have to adapt to teaching on zoom or teaching wherever <laughs> yeah um or teaching to a blank screen as that's always a classic one on zoom isn't it <laughs> My, yeah. cam my camera's <laughs> not working. Oh, is it? Are you sure? Um, yeah, I think so. And don't be afraid to try new things. I think as a dancer, um, a contract that I recently went on, um, I went on as obviously a, a dancer. Um, and when I got there, they were like, oh, well, we need you to dance with fire. And I was like, oh, and I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh I'm like gosh. health and safety. I have a health and safety problem. So I'm quite like health and safety conscious. And... <laughs> In my head, I was like, no, 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 never happening. But in my heart, I was like, well, I've been given this opportunity, go for it. So I just went with it. And I'm so pleased I did, because again, it's oh, something welcome. I can say I've done. And I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> Scary, Amazing. but, <laughs> but yeah. Did you get burned then? A few times, a few times. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> nothing major. No, it was all, see, health and safety. It was all, it was all safely done, but no, it was, it was great. So yeah. <laughs> I think I expect, when I was younger, I was always told that as a dancer and even as a dance teacher, you need to be versatile. So I think you've hit the nail on the yeah. head there, Gina, you know, not being afraid to, you know, experiment with different styles of dance and get those mm -hmm. qualifications and things that you may have initially thought, actually, no, that's not for me. Yeah, no, I totally agree. You, you never stop learning, do you? In life mm -hmm. and especially as a teacher and a performer, you're always always learning exactly for sure um kind of mm. thinking about your traits as a dancer and a dance teacher what piece of advice would you give to your younger self starting out as a teacher slash performer so that's kind of two questions in one there <laughs> yeah um i think going back we might have said this earlier but not to put yourself down if you don't feel ready to be a performer um because i think a lot of dance colleges obviously if you are lucky enough to go to a london college and do the course i think there's so much competition even just being at college isn't there like i think lost. a lot of people get lost and then they sort of they lose their love and then they think oh, i'm never good enough i'm not even good enough at college how am i ever going to get a job um so i think i used to say that to myself and i kind of went no i'll just be a teacher I wasn't saying it was the e it wasn't the easy option but it was a option that i thought i could manage yeah. um and then the, something just came up and i thought oh, i might as well audition and then obviously once i'd done one contract you know you feel confident enough to do another um also i think i think i might have said to amy on the on the phone before but the whole age thing okay i think dancers yes you do have a shelf yeah. life i mean a lot of athletes we're athletes at the end of the day there is an age thing um but I think if you if you can look after your body, keep in shape, <laughs> which is always tough, isn't it? Oh, yeah. um, uh, or, or get yourself in shape ready for the auditions. <laughs> I don't think it matters what age you are. So I think I'd give that advice to myself. I think yeah. if I'd known at 18 or 17, whatever, that I was going to do a contract when I was 33, um, I would have been quite shocked, really. But I actually think I enjoyed that contract more because I was able to appreciate it in a different way yeah um and it was nice to have sort of it was very strange because obviously you, you kind of turn up you get told right this is what you're learning this is the show here are your costumes and i'd come from obviously being the one organizing yeah. everything <laughs> so it was nice to have that so yeah so i think i'd say to my younger self don't stress you have time keep motivated though but it will happen when it's meant to happen yeah that's great Obviously, you've got a load of experience on both ends as a performer and teacher. Obviously, this is backstage confessions. So do you have any scandalous backstage confessions of your own that you'd like to tell us? Oh, this is such a hard one. I was actually trying to think about this quite a lot um, the other day. Um, well, I think for... I don't want to sound sort of like stereotyping, but I think for most performers, things that go on backstage are quite normal. But for like people that don't go backstage, as in backstage, you know, during a show, mm -hmm. I think they would be quite shocked what they see, right? <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, I think just the general 
nakedness <laughs> there's always a, a, a lot of like you can't be shy no. can you um i think working with with fire props i mean that's tricky because there's a lot of fire liquid i mean i'm not saying that we didn't do it safely but if people that watch the show saw what was happening backstage when we we're like putting fire liquid over everything and <laughs> you know lighting stuff um <laughs> uh but there's nothing like majorly scandalous. I think it's just the general, I think there should be a backstage show. I think if we had a video camera and filmed yeah, it, I think yes. pe people would be like, what? Yeah. I think it would be, I think it'd be more exciting than the actual show, <laughs> I hate to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I can't pinpoint like an actual moment. Uh, no, I mean, the only time when I worked at Warner's, we had quite a lot of um, celebrity guests. Ooh, so nice. I'm trying to think of one like, uh, we had Michael Ball at one point and, oh, my, my head, brain, Brad, Bradley Walsh as uh, yeah. well. Oh, yeah. And I think that was the worst thing that happened to me is I just used the, the toilet backstage and then I think, you know, it was just a, you know, yeah. <laughs> I needed to go. <laughs> and then I think I opened the door and then, yeah, Bradley yeah, Walsh was like, oh, can I go in there? <laughs> so there you go that's the worst I can come up with <laughs> no that's but yeah <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on to talk to us today we've had a great time and it's so interesting to hear about your your experience in the dance industry because it's certainly a different path to I'm doing my own at just a teacher so mm -hmm. yeah thank you so much and we hope that your event goes really well and I can't wait to see yeah yeah fingers crossed no, thank you. Thank you so much. And I think it's wonderful that you've created this um, platform because I think it's going to be so helpful. And there's already, I've already got quite a lot of dance teacher friends and performers that are like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look up them. Oh, and yeah, I think it's going to do. Thank you so I much. I think it's going to be great. Thank you. Aww. So I will, I will share my end. So yeah, thank you for having me no on. Problem. And I'm privileged to be your first, first uh, interview. <laughs> You've been a fabulous first guest, Gina. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Rosie. Thank you. thank you, ladies. And yeah, I'll speak to you soon. If you have been affected by anything mentioned in today's podcast, please visit www.mind.org.uk to seek advice. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Hashtag Backstage Confessions. As you may well know, we are a small independent podcast and we would love nothing more for our listeners to spread the word. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It will help so much to get us seen by new listeners. And if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at Backstage Confessions Podcast where you can be involved in our live polls and keep up to date with us in the week. As always, sending love from hashtag Backstage Confession Podcast. And we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. See you next week. Bye.